Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I speak with Tony-nominated actor Robert Fairchild about the upcoming Trafalgar-releasing cinema cast of the West End version of An American in Paris. The film will be in movie theaters nationwide on Thursday, September 20th and Sunday, September 23rd. You can check anamericanandparascinema.com for all of the times and locations. Now, before Fairchild made his Broadway debut in this show, he was a longtime principal dancer with the New York City Ballet. But in our conversation, we talk about the process of going from ballet to the theater while creating this adaptation, his emotions following in the footsteps of Gene Kelly, working with his co-star Leanne Cope, how an American in Paris changed his life, his unforgettable A Chorus Line performance at this past March's MCC miscast, and much, much more. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Robert Fairchild. You have been involved with this production of An American in Paris for years now, dating back to that original production in Paris, uh, <laughs> appropriately enough. How has this show developed through this process to the point now where you saw it in Paris, saw it in New York, saw it in London, and now it's opening up for the entire world, more or less, to be able to see this work on screen? And the evolution of it all has been so crazy. So starting with the workshop in 2013, we were really excited about what we were doing. Um, we didn't know if it was going to be successful. And then when we got to Paris, we were still creating the show. And um, we had like three weeks of tech. And um, we leading up to our, our first dress rehearsal, it was an invited dress. And so it was, it was packed. It was a full house. Um, but it was also the first time we ever, would ever have the chance to run it from the very beginning. We'd always oh, wow. have to stop because we were working on things. And um, so here we are, live audience, um, and they know it's a dress rehearsal. So Christopher Wielden comes out beforehand and he says, um, I, we want to treat this like a rehearsal. Um, so if we need to stop, we'll stop. And so we started and it just kept going and going. One scene led to another and transitions. And the, at the very end, the curtain comes down and we are shocked that we, number one, <laughs> got through it. And then number two, as soon as the curtain rose for um, the curtain calls, all those Parisians were up on their feet, clapping in unison like they do. It was just so exciting. Um, and we were all in tears because a bunch of Americans telling a story about the Parisians' liberation um, from the Nazi occupation. And it was really, um, really special. Uh, they ate it up. And from that moment, we realized we had something really, really special. Then bringing it to Broadway was surreal. Um, I didn't think I was going to get to it in London. Uh, but then we did it in London. And London happened to be my favorite um, version of the show. Uh, it wasn't drastically different. But um, something about that stage in particular, it was perfect for the mix of dance and uh, musical theater, like the proximity that the audience was to the stage and then the width of the stage. And they, they also worked out some, some, you know, kinks along the way. And I think we had the best version of the show in London. And so it was really, really exciting that we got to film that. 
Yeah. How did that, uh, the evolution of the show and the things that you tweaked and the, the stage itself, how does that translate to the screen? Is it noticeably different on screen than it would have been for people who saw it in New York? Or is it still pretty much the same thing? Well, the one thing that I noticed is that um, with film, you can direct people where to look. In theater, you can direct people where to look, but it's there's so there are many options for them to look at. And so story-wise, I feel like the story has never been clearer. The subtleties of Craig Lucas's um, book uh, really come alive because you're able to just zero in and zoom in on somebody's face. Uh, and, and the subtleties get picked up beautifully and it, it enhances the storytelling and, oh, it's just so gorgeous. That's awesome. And it, the stage show itself is so exciting and vibrant that I imagine that being able to focus on specific things, you know, really amplifies that uh, even to a larger degree, especially on a huge, gigantic screen uh, where you guys are, you know, large, literally larger than life. But I, I, the original movie has always been one of my favorites. And I've as a musical theater lover, love Gene Kelly. You come from obviously a dance background, um, but was there still a bit of uh, nerves or apprehension about stepping into a role that was so specifically associated with one specific performer? No, because I am the biggest Gene Kelly fan <laughs> out there. And I just felt so honored to be able to be a part of the tradition that he um, started. He made it cool for guys to be dancers. And for me growing up, that was really important for me to have a role model. So it's not like I was trying to be him. I was just inspired by him. And it was kind of like my way of saying thank you. Being the best version of myself on stage in the role that he made was my way of saying, you've made me want to do this for a career. And I love you for it. And it's kind of my way to pay tribute. That's awesome. Well, and since then, you have gone on to do quite a bit more theater, whether it was in, you know, concert productions, you did an off Broadway show that you were involved on the creative team uh, as well. So and I know you retired from the the New York City Ballet, and you're going into other things, which I want to talk about. But how has the experience with American in Paris changed the trajectory of what your life and career has has been and is going to be? My God, it was, it's so crazy. It's like the best gift I was ever given. Um, so I had a dream of being just like Gene Kelly when I was younger. And then uh, my sister, who's also a principal dancer at the New York City Valley, Megan Fairchild. Of course. She told me to go um, and audition for the School of American Ballet because ballet is the basics for basics, the base for all kinds of uh, dance. If you can master the ballet technique, every other avenue of dance that you want to do will be better because you'll have a stronger foundation. So I went and fell in love with ballet. So here I am 12 years in a ballet company, and then Christopher Wheeler comes up to me and asks me, can I sing? And the whole project started. <laughs> I thought to myself, well, I always wanted to do Broadway, but I, don't, I didn't think it would come smack dab in the middle of my ballet career. And what I realized is that it was the exact perfect moment to make the transition, my body could, my body can still dance at the at the height of its ability, and I'm getting to introduce ballet to a group of people who wouldn't normally see it, and um, kind of fulfill this lifelong dream to dance in Gene Kelly's shadow. So it felt like the perfect time 
to, to make this move. And, and it completely changed, you know, when I left, when I left an American in Paris on Broadway after a year's worth of performances, I went back to the ballet. I just felt different. I felt like I had changed and I missed being able to be vocal and express myself like you, like you do in theater dance and specifically ballet is very specific and it's incredible and it's beautiful, but I had felt like I had done it and I was ready to use all that experience to continue along the road in theater and TV and film. And it really gave me the most amazing bench to jump off of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in so much of what you've done, at least in the theater world since then has been classics uh you need to do the the concerts with kiss me kate and and brigadoon and you also did uh, a chorus line i was actually at miscast earlier this spring when you uh did did that which was uh absolutely amazing which i'll have to ask about there in a second but um the next project that i know you're working on is for tv and it's musical in basis but it is specifically not a classical type piece. How, as you're transitioning through your career and you talked about film and TV and you're moving kind of away from specifically dance, but then also moving into something more contemporary, how has your background in ballet and then in theater kind of prepared you for these new challenges that you're working on now? Well, 93% of communication is done through body language. And so being a dancer and being able to use my body to tell stories comes in really handy, especially when you're doing movies and film, because film is a, just a ser- telling stories through pictures, and and body language is so important for all that. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to get to tran- use my media use my um, skill set in a different medium. I'm so excited to do something more contemporary. I that was my bread and butter. That's what I was most useful to uh, New York City Ballet was my mm-hmm. versatility and my ability to be more contemporary. Uh, I would always do the new ballets that would happen. Not really. They wouldn't necessarily use me for the older ballets, like the classical stuff. You know, it's it's kind of, it dawned on me when I left the ballet, I said, what would Gene Kelly be doing now if he was alive? <laughs> like, what would he do now? And, um, you know, there's there's a time to pay tribute there's a time to continue the legacy. Um, and I'm excited to, to take steps into some uncharted territory for myself. And, uh, I'm, um, I'm a millennial. Um, and I want, it'll be fun to kind of just play myself. Yeah. Are you allowed to talk much about mixtape? Is that something you're allowed yeah. to discuss? Yeah. It's a, they, they call it a romantic musical drama. Um, and, you know, story elements are told through song at certain points. Um, I've heard people liken it to like, this is us meets Glee. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description. Um, so we're pumped. We're so excited. It just got picked up by Netflix for 10 episodes. I, I booked a feature film, um, but I'm not allowed to say what it is yet legally. But I'm super excited about it. Yeah, things are things are going well. I just produced my first dance film. Um, we just finished filming last week, which was one of the most incredible experiences for the, everybody in the room to be there because you had an idea and you asked your friends to like be a part of it and, and work with people that you've been wanting to work with for a long time. So American in Paris has literally given me a new career. 
Yeah. Well, that's so so interesting. You talked about what Gene Kelly would be doing today. And later in his career, after his dancing was done, he started directing. I mean, he started yeah. uh, doing things beyond that. So it seems from, you know, choreographing Frankenstein uh, off Broadway and then, you know, doing the dance film that you produced and, you know, kind of conceived. It seems like even from a non-performance standpoint, you're kind of following in Gene's footsteps. I guess I am, which is interesting, and I never thought about it that way, because I know that he loved directing, and I've realized I love being a creative. I love partnering with people. I love collaborating with people, because I feel like the best ideas are the ones that are bounced around um, between like-minded artists and not like-minded. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you can come up with some great stuff when you, when you work together with people. That's very cool. Well, I, I I want to get back to an American in Paris, and obviously you went through this journey um, with Leanne Cope on both sides of the Atlantic, um, and she's one of the people that was with it in New York that a lot of people saw on Broadway, but then was also uh, with you in the West. And what was it like going through this journey with her as dancers who are brought into kind of this new environment and leading this show that was based on something that people loved, but then also turned into a stage production that people loved equally as well. Thank God we had each other. <laughs> um, God, to think about what we went through together was so special. Um, I will never forget her walking into the audition room, um, into the waiting room. We were all waiting to go in and thinking, oh, that's the girl. Like she walked in and wow. it was instant that face. Oh my Lord. Um, she's so brilliant. And, you know, it was nice to work on, work on acting scenes with somebody who had never done it before either. And to work with coaches and really grow together and watch, um, watch your progress in each other. It was really, really, um, really special. And this film, I mean, if it doesn't turn her into a movie star, I mean, she looks <laughs> like old Hollywood glamour. She is so stunning in this. And um, I'm excited for everybody to see, you know, I what we've spent the majority of our careers on so far. And this is from 2013. Yeah. So it's it's we're super proud of it. And the fact that we were lucky enough to have it taped um, and recorded and documented and that it gets to be in movie theaters. It's just so exciting. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, uh, I, I, a couple more questions here. I mentioned it earlier. You did a rousing rendition of the music in the mirror at MCC's miscast earlier this year, opened the show almost completely shut the show down uh, by how incredible it was and how much people loved it. <laughs> Where did that idea come from for you to, to put on the red shirt, not the red dress, but the red shirt, uh, Cassie's uh, iconic red and, uh, and do that number. Bernie Telsey called me. Of course he did. CC and he said, I have an idea. And or he, or he, he emailed me and said, what would I think? And I think I emailed him back like within one minute of getting it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he wrote me back and he was like, wow. Um, that's probably the fastest response I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> and I did, so I did a course line at the Hollywood bowl and I played right. Mike Costa, the guy who was, um, I can do that. And I just remember watching that Cassie solo and going, 
good God, I want to get my hands on that. Um, and I had the best time. I worked with Charlotte D'Amboise. I worked with, um, oh, wow. yeah, some amazing, amazing people, um, on it and, and had such a great time. And it's, you know, I felt if I can be, if I can be frank, you know, I, I, I left the ballet in October. I went to LA for pilot season and I was in the middle of pilot season, not getting many auditions. And I was learning the Cassie material and there's this at home. And there's this one part where she says, I almost got to roll, uh, squeeze a roll of toilet paper, uh, but I lost out in the finals <laughs> 17 years in the business. And I flunked toilet paper squeezing. And here I am going out for these roles that are like marijuana, uh, warehouse salesman, number one, and thinking 12 years in the New York City Ballet, and I flunk being a warehouse salesman. Um, and it was it was just kind of a weird moment, like, what am I doing? Did I make the right decision? You know, it, it definitely felt like a dialogue that I could relate to. Here I was successful wow. in the dance world, and then getting uh, people boosting you up and believing in you and saying, Hey, go try it out in LA, go out and try it in Hollywood. So I'm trying and I'm feeling like I'm failing. Um, I got lucky and I booked a pilot that got picked up to Netflix. So it's a happy ending, but I, I really identified with her and, um, I would love someday if they, they would ever consider having a guy do it because whether it's, it's it's not whether it's a it's a gay relationship with Zach the director. It could be a woman um, who's the director, but that the idea is that it's about an, a dancer needing to dance. Give me the music, give me the mirror, and I like that's where I live. Don't take that away from me. So it's not necessarily about the love interest, except for the you know that's an obstacle for sure. It's really about what it means to be a dancer. And if you took that away from me. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that. I, did, I didn't expect to uh, to be so moved by your answer to that question. So that's awesome. But um, uh, last question, I'll get you out on this. An American in Paris is such an iconic title for so many people, but there are so many people that are going to be exposed to this stage production that haven't had an opportunity to see it before. If they're only familiar with the original film and they're thinking about hey do i want to go see a musical from the stage on the big screen what can you tell them about the experience of seeing this if they are familiar and love the original on its own there are there are aspects of the original that had to tiptoe around the idea that this was paris after the nazis had left um in the mgm movie and there's there's a deeper, um, there's a deeper story that we were able to, um, navigate because we were telling it in 2013, 2014, um, because it wasn't 1950. So we were able to push it closer to the, the events that made Paris such a hotbed for art, um, at that time. And so it's everything you love about the movie and just, the intensity, the stakes, the story dialed up, you know, what it's like to have been in, um, someone of the Jewish faith who had to hide, um, and, you know, a ballet dancer putting themselves out in a rehearsal audition for the first time since the war being over 
and exposing yourself and the things that you go through as an artist and the outlet that you have being an artist, it's just a really, um, it's really special. So, so I love that we were able to talk about those things that were, um, that were real. And, um, you know, we, we love the movie so much and to get to, to tell another version of it, it's, it's, it's just really special. And you kind of forget that you are watching a, a stage production, the way they've done the camera angles and there's choreographed camera moves that literally make you feel like you're in a movie. Like it's like, it's shot so well and so gorgeously that, um, the only thing that reminds you that it's, that it's a stage production is my sweat <laughs> because we're not able to stop and for hair and makeup, uh, dab the sweat off my face during a dance number. But, um, yeah, it's, a it's a really, really special, special piece. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And you can reach out to Broadway Radio on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have information for the cinema cast of An American in Paris and social media information for Robert Fairchild in the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks to Angelica Juarez, Benjamin DePaolo, Jim Bick, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening. And remember, old man trouble... I don't mind him. You won't find him around my door. Always get a second scoop, and when you get a chance, ask people to tell you more. <laughs>